Welcome to another episode of the Diplomatic Podcast Series. I'm Mustafa Awadi, and we're going to pick up from where we left off last time, talking about accounts of progressive living, and more specifically, what it means to lead a progressive life. We've been trying to find different people from different backgrounds, professional backgrounds, who have their own definitions, just like you would have your own definition, and I would have my own definition of what progress is, and how it relates to their personal life or professional life. So this week, or this episode, we have a very special guest, Maria Musama Dabbagh, who you might have seen and, and read some of her stuff on, on the Diplomatic website. She's been with us from the beginning. And she will be given, giving us a, her own insights onto what it means to lead a progressive life. But firstly, we want to expand the, uh, the term and see how it relates to a more everyday a practical sense. So looking at more specifically uh, the skills needed to actually acquire progress in our daily lives. So, and, and this came from actually an article that I read the other week from a Stanford dean who laid down eight skills that every 18-year-old or adult should have. And interestingly, the first one, some of you might think it's a bit weird, but it's, it, it's to do with talking with strangers. And he says that every 18-year-old must be able to talk to strangers. Overcoming this uh, or possessing the skill to, have, to be able to talk to people that they don't know um, will enable them to, to be able to better themselves in their adult life. So who are these people that he's referring to? Well, he means that our daily contact with people from bus drivers uh, to even faculty in university, store clerks, human resource managers, even the people that we don't actually interact with on a daily basis at our offices, bank tellers, healthcare providers, mechanics, everyone in the real world. Uh, and then the reason why this is so important because during the rise of the digital kind of revolution, if you like, where the internet has become now our second nature and, and we have allowed it to become a tool that outsources these things where we don't need, actually need to have face-to-face inter- interactions, um, we can do it through the internet. Uh, and this way you deprive yourself from that organic interaction or, or organic human-to-human engagement. So, and it's interesting here at the end as well, he says, we teach kids not to talk to strangers instead of teaching the more nuanced skill of how to discern the few bad, the few bad strangers from the mostly good ones. So it's not necessarily about whether they should talk to, uh, to strangers or not, you know, because of the dangers of it, but because um, allowing the kids to, to distinguish between the good and the bad, uh, essentially. So thus, kids end up not knowing how to approach strangers respectfully and with eye contact. Uh, and that's for the reason to, to, to acquire information or to get help or guidance and direction they will need into the world. There is a few more points, there's a few more skills that he actually out, uh, outlines, but I'd leave that for you guys to, to explore a bit more. And the link I'll, I'll leave underneath this uh, this podcast but, but there is another one that I actually found quite interesting as well, which stood out to me. And it relates to the first one as well, probably an extension to it. An 18-year-old must be able to handle interpersonal problems. So again, just like the first one, we have outsourced this task. To be able to, to interact with others, we must be able to interact with ourselves as well. And there are usually 
very fast, quick fixes to certain predicaments in our daily lives. But not everything can be sorted out with uh, with an online uh, and, uh, an online search. So we have to give the skill, or we have to possess the skill of being able to uh, engage within ourselves, to be able to um, solve misunderstandings, solve hurt feelings. He says that kids don't know how to cope with and resolve conflicts without inter- without our intervention, and in this in this he means uh, more specifically parents or, or guardians. And it's true to an extent, of course. Well, we have our daily lives, even as adults or anybody, whether you're listening, you're below the age of eighteen or you're above the age of eighteen. Social media and even just generally the internet has uh, taken up a lot of things that were. Would enable us to to do things ourselves. Even being able to understand ourselves, we overstep that uh, that that step. So we go beyond it and just don't actually go through the the mechanism of being able to understand who we are and and how we are able to uh, to confront uh, our daily situations in the real world. So there's a few more. Uh, if you want to find out more about it, just uh, click the link under the. The podcast and, and read the rest of the, the, the information. Okay, so without further ado, I want to move on to um, Miriam, and uh, I really want you guys, you guys to hear it and, and give me feedback on, on your thoughts. Uh, it's a very personal account, a very very intimate account of of one person's journey into consciously trying to find the way, and and she in this case. Uh, allows herself to, to progress on a daily basis both in her personal and professional life and hopefully we'll find a lot of and i'm sure you will you will find a lot of benefit from this so this is Miriam. what does it entail to live a progressive life it's not a very easy question you know when i was asked to answer this question i was in my honeymoon um and needless to say i kept thinking about it throughout the time i was in istanbul and, uh, and I'm still thinking about it right now. And I'm just trying to, to sort of understand whether I do live a progressive life or not. But I believe that I am perhaps attempting a progressive life and that is worthy of exploration. Um, to recap a little, my name is Maria Moussama Dabbaq. I'm an Iraqi, uh, born and raised in the UAE. Um, I lived, um, in most of my life in Dubai, between Dubai and Sharjah. And I continued my education in London and also lived in Italy, in Venice, uh, to work at the Venice Biennale. Um, I've traveled as much of the world as possible, given the limitations I have on my Iraqi passport. Um, I've never had a direct relationship with Iraq, given that I'm, I've never lived a day there, but I've also very much connected to it uh, through sort of upbringing, uh, strong cultural ties, and the fact that, obviously, as a human being, I dread and hate whatever happened to the country that I came from. And so that created a very tense relationship between me and it. Um, I've stopped doing sort of full-time jobs and quit the rat race uh, February last year, and... I've attempted to sort of start a life uh, working from home. And that is not as easy and dreamy as people might think. It's quite challenging to lead a, to take on a progressive sort of, um, 
take on careers. Now, it might not be very progressive in cities like London and New York and Paris, but uh, it is quite challenging here because of the nature of residency in the UAE. Um, so sponsorship sort of schemes and residency visas are always linked to either educational institutes or workspaces. And since I'm neither a student nor working a full-time job, that was quite an interesting ride for myself and my husband in the last couple of months. Um, I try to sort of always balance between my very liberal political and social views and of the world with my very sort of intimate relationship with God and my relationship with my religion. Um, I've tried to sort of always live as a Muslim woman, but without having Islam identify me or become my identity. So I was always against sort of the religious and national identities. Um, so I try to navigate my my way throughout uh, education, universities, and career without identifying myself as an Iraqi nor a Muslim, but as a woman who chose to be a Muslim and who happens to be Iraqi. And I think, I'm not really sure if that's progressive, but I know that it is quite challenging from experience. Um, I'm trying to sort of balance between life and career and aspirations and work and also trying very hard to continue to remind myself that all those freelance jobs and part-time jobs that I take do not represent me, that my job is not my career and my job is not my passion and what I do for money is not really what I do, um, what represents me actually. And that is that that continues to be a struggle for me, but I believe sort of believing in that, believing that your job does not represent you per se, um, and differentiating between what brings sort of the money um, or the puts the bread on the table, as they say, and what makes you alive inside your mind um, and in your heart uh, are totally different things is quite, um, is quite the right way of looking into things, in my humble opinion. Um, you lead a progressive life if you denounce borders and if you deny the existence of passports, even if you're reminded of them every time you apply for a visa or go to the airport. Um, but you do lead that progressive life if you sort of just believe that you are like the others, that you are not a minority, that you are not on the periphery, but in fact you are the locus and you are the locus of your own life. And that is the challenge. It is quite a sad realization though that trying to fit in to the center becomes my sort of rebellious act. But um, that is pretty much how I see it. This is a very difficult question. I'm still trying to figure out whether I answered it or not. But this is what I have to say for now. And I hope it works. You lead a progressive life if you denounce borders. You lead a progressive life if you believe you are like the others. You are not a minority. Very deep insight into Maryam's personal account. To what extent do you believe, do you agree uh, in... Or not agree, but necessarily relate? At the end of the day, we all have our different experiences, we all have our different stories and, and we can 
conduct ourselves in a way that hopefully we believe that it's progressing us on a daily basis. And the more conscious we are of that, of that process, of setting a benchmark every day to be able to see that in every aspect of our life, in our relationships with people, in our work, that we are moving forward and that we are not stagnant or even to worst case scenario, allowing ourselves to become regressive in our daily lives. So we'd love to hear more of your thoughts, your um, your ideas, uh, your opinions. And if you have any projects or any uh, initiatives that you're working on, this is a great platform to share them, to share it on as well. So send us an email, info at diplomatic.com. Uh, connect with us on all social media websites. Uh, we are there, at Diplomatic. Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. Also, I want to give a big shout out to everybody that's been supporting Diplomatic. Basically, this initiative would not go as far as it has so far if it wasn't for your support, if you, people engaging, attending the workshops, uh, reading the magazine online, uh, subscribing to the newsletter, listening to this podcast, watching the videos, and discussing. The aim of this is to eventually become an integral part in our lifestyles, to be able to host workshops on a regular basis with your involvement. If you have any skills, you can participate and deliver workshops as well. Just let us know. And um, also, as well as this, we want to write more and more articles or, or, or share more information that relate to both our individual and collective progress. So please uh, get in touch uh, and keep sharing and, and letting people know about this. It's only going to grow with your support. So, until next time, adore and enjoy. Diplomantic.